Howdy. What's going on? Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. It is heard live every day, by the way, from noon until 3 on WBT Radio in Charlotte. And if you want exclusive content, invitations to events, the weekly live stream, my daily show prep with links, become a patron. Go to the PeteCallanerShow.com. This podcast is also supported by North Carolina businesses, so please consider supporting them. Try not to skip through their short ad. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to get every episode for free right to your smartphone or tablet. And thanks so much for your support. This is from Brian. Email. Hey, Pete, do you know when was the last time Republicans were down to two candidates before the first primary? I know you've talked about this, but I was trying to explain to a buddy in Texas who is listening right now. Hey, buddy in Texas, what's going on? Can you explain your theory of why Democrats and rhinos would donate to Nikki Haley, even though they know she won't win? Why would they do that and just throw their money away to have Trump get through? Why not just put money towards Trump to have him be on the ticket if they think they can beat him? Well, again, there. Okay, so there are a lot of questions in there. Um, the last time two Republic, uh, the last time the Republicans were down to just two candidates before the first primary is usually when there's an incumbent. So probably four years ago, right? Twenty twenty, Donald Trump. We had primaries, but he was the incumbent president and um and that is why uh it the the field has narrowed so quickly uh i said it the other day the three eyes incumbency right people the voters in iowa the you know fifty thousand voters who apparently determine the nominee from now on no i'm kidding but the like the iowa republicans that showed up in like one of the lowest turnout caucuses um in recent history they uh, uh, they wanted Donald Trump to run again. And there's a power to the incumbency. Always has been. Um, usually you don't get that kind of uh, uh, that kind of a field. I'm not aware of any other time where it was an open seat. Uh, like in 2016, you had what were there like 1742 candidates, something like that running. Um in 2016 there were a lot of candidates then but usually you don't have the kind of contested primary for an incumbent or a caucus in this case um i know you talked about this he says um the theory of why democrats and rhinos would donate to nikki haley even though they know she won't win well it's to it's to do damage to donald trump and if you've got you know you know people who are registered republicans uh, Democrats who are registered independents in New Hampshire right now, because you can't if you're a de- if you're a registered Democrat in New Hampshire, you don't get to vote in the Republican primary in New Hampshire. If you are an independent registered unaffiliated, then you can vote in the other party's primary. And, and Democrats, they don't have anybody to vote for in their primary. Well, I guess they do. What's that guy's name? Dean Phillips, right? Dean Phillips looking to pick up some Dean Mentum. Um, the, the, the idea is the, um, and I've got, a, uh, actually I have a piece here from Bonchi at Red State who talks about, actually, you know, here, I'll just go ahead and do this. Here it is. Um, had the Trump skeptics in the Republican party, whatever one may think of them, you can call them rhino establishment, whatever the Mitt Romney's, the, the Bushes, right? The neocon wing, whatever, like whatever that population is, the, uh, the people who love Jeb, right? Um, had they been smart, they would have put the money, their money, onto uh, and into DeSantis's campaign. 
and that would have been essentially a compromise, right? Because DeSantis is not Nikki Haley. Nikki Haley is far more of the of the neocon mold, right? That that quote unquote establishment rhino, the Mitt Romney, the the George W. Bush sort of Republican, and um, had that group put their money on DeSantis, then he would have been he would have been in a better position to go uh, to go up against Donald Trump one on one. It would have been a two person race, and it would have been some he could have had somewhere around you know forty percent of the vote. That did not happen, obviously. Um, because, and what we're going to see here, I suspect, is we're going to see a lot of the DeSantis supporters split mostly for Trump. Because what DeSantis offered was Trump policies, but with an ability to deliver on those, on those policies. He was, he is a conservative. And I've said this before. I'm not trying to hurt anyone's feelings or pick fights or anything, but Donald Trump is not a conservative. He never has been. And, and, you could say that's good or bad or whatever, but it, it's still the truth. He's not a conservative. He didn't grow up in the movement or anything. He's just he's just not. So if you were looking for conservative policy wins and uh, somebody who has actually uh, you know shown a track record of doing it, DeSantis would have been the guy to put your money on if that's what you wanted. Now, for a lot of the neocon W. Romney wing, they're not actually conservative either. Right. I mean, in order to to understand this, like you got to go back to the Reagan coalition, the three legged stool. Remember that you had these you had these different factions inside the Republican Party, but they were all united against what communism. It was the thing that animated the uh, uh, the fiscal hawks with the uh, war hawks with the social conservatives and the libertarians. Like these different groups got together. Because they all had a common enemy, which was the USSR, communism. And, hey, you know what? Maybe that's going to be a unifying thing uh, for the party going forward. Because that's what we're seeing with the neo-Marxism, critical race theory, um, the, um, you know, quote-unquote, wokeism. Right? That's, what, that's what's at the heart of all of that philosophy. So maybe maybe it has a unifying uh, effect uh, on uh, the Republican electorate again, or uh, or maybe that's where they coalesce. I said this uh, the other day as well, which is you know when Republicans were ascendant and they finally regained control of Congress and uh, and then the presidency twenty three years ago, twenty four years ago, uh, there were a lot of people who were grifters in the political consultant class that hooked their wagons to the Republican Party because they were the ones in power, right? And that's what those people cared about was being in power, being close to power, getting rich, having influence, right? All of that. Um, And what Trump represented was a rejection of that culture inside the party and being governed by the people inside the party. And what we learned in 2016 was that you have a lot of people that are like, oh, you need to suck it up and vote for Romney because he's the nominee, which, by the way, I did not do. and so you, know, you have to you, you got to fall in line behind Mitt Romney. And then when Trump wins, the same people are like, I refuse to vote for Donald Trump. And that was not lost on a lot of Trump supporters. The fact that you fight it out in the primary and when their guy gets through now, all of a sudden. The quote rhino or establishment wings, they're now going to withhold their support. 
And we saw it happen, and I mentioned them yesterday. The Lincoln Project is sort of the the perfect illustration of this. Um, Why would they put their money on Nikki Haley? Because they want her to win. And they think that if she can do well in New Hampshire, which is her best opportunity to do so, then, um, then they can keep funding her through Super Tuesday, which is what she said today, I believe, at a, uh, in an interview. She said she's in it through Super Tuesday. And as long as the donors keep throwing the money at, the, at her campaign um, with the expectation that maybe Trump becomes uh, unelectable, right, with indictments or convictions and that sort of thing, then she's the last person standing and she gets the delegates at the convention. But I don't know if that's a good bet or not. I, I, I'm not making any prediction. I'm just saying, like, these are the these are the uh, the theories that are circulating about why uh, Haley got all of this um, all of this surge in donations. It was because part of the Republican uh, electorate said we don't want a conservative governor, one who actually delivers on conservative policy. And, and and fights these social, cultural battles. We, we don't want that. That's icky. And they've always been like that. The, but they were part of the, the coalition, right? They always looked at uh, the religious right as sort of icky, you know? And so when DeSantis is fighting on these culture battles, uh, it, it doesn't make that group of voters, that electorate in the GOP, that wing, it doesn't make them feel good. So they put all their money onto Nikki Haley. Instead of doing... What I would submit is the rational thing, which is to say, okay, Haley can't get there, so why not put the money on somebody who is essentially not everything we want, but is not Donald Trump? But they didn't do it. This is what Bonchi says, and, and he's, of a, he's of a like mind. Out of sheer hubris, they decided to rally around one of the most unpopular Republicans in the race. They had a chance to promote a proven conservative, and they reached for the Bush-era gold. That's their failure. In that respect, they are getting exactly what they re- they deserve. Donald Trump as the nominee. And I take some solace in that. Again, that's Bonchi at redstate.com. All right. Do the current world events have you wondering whether we are teetering on the edge of catastrophe? Are you concerned it's going to reach our shores? Okay. So what are you doing about your concerns? Let me help. Carolina Readiness Supply. At CarolinaReadiness.com, whether you're looking to expand your emergency preparedness supplies or you have no idea where to even begin, Carolina Readiness Supply can help you. Food, water purifiers, tools, first aid kits, instructional materials, camping and hiking supplies even. Because being prepared is just smart. Carolina Readiness Supply has 2,000 square feet of supplies and educational materials that you'll need for any kind of emergency. In Waynesville and always at CarolinaReadiness.com, veteran-owned Carolina readiness supply will you be ready when the lights go out uh that that music that we played on the intro that means it's uh, time to chat with bob walking bob he's on his walk i assume he's walking because he's always walking when he calls in bob how you are you sir be, oh you would be assuming correctly yes i am walking here hope you're having a terrific day yep i am uh, uh you know i found myself being very frustrated with your frame of mind when it concerns your presidential pick or lack thereof and it really bothered me and i i decided i'm going to figure out why and i did i have in the past uh, you, you hear people say if you don't vote you have no right to complain mm-hmm. and that's not true correct you do have the right to complain mm-hmm. 
And I sometimes exercise my right to not vote at all. If somebody doesn't move me to the polls, I don't go. I typically don't vote for comptroller or whatever those people are at the very bottom of the ticket because I don't know anything about them. Mm -hmm. So I just, you know, I just don't know enough to vote on them. Mm -hmm. But uh, so you're not going to vote for Trump or Biden. And uh, that may hurt us in the short term and it may help us in the long term. And if, if anything, you're playing the long game, and I understand that now. Uh, from my point of view, uh, perfect is the enemy of good. So uh, I, will, you know, I will vote for Trump, but I'm not going to try to talk you out of it because you may be righter than I am. And the vote, anyway, is <clears throat> it's like freedom of speech freedom of religion, uh, uh, freedom of expression, all these things bundled into one thing. And how should I possibly dare to tell somebody how to vote or tell them they're doing it wrong? So from the way that I look at the presidential elections, you're doing it wrong. But from your perspective, you're doing it right. And I should respect that, and now I do. Well, thanks, Bob. I appreciate that. I would say also that voting for somebody sends a message that incentivizes uh, more of the same. Right. And I understand the argument that, oh, you know, Trump's going to win or Biden's going to win. And people say it's a binary choice. I disagree that it's binary. But I understand where that argument comes from, where that rationale comes from, obviously. Um, But for me, if you if everybody who had a problem with uh the candidates like if everybody that 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 was of a like mind with me and they all said well you know what it's a binary choice i got to pick one of them and then you end up with this you know this massive vote total for a candidate that people did not want to vote for you're going to get more of that kind of candidate because people will look at that the the market signal if you will and they're going to say oh well people obviously like this kind of a candidate let's do more of it Right. So I, I, I don't want to send a market signal. I don't want to help be a part of that. Now, that being said, I came across a random, <laughs> a random guy on Twitter who's actually made the most compelling argument uh, to me, at least to vote for Trump. And I'm and I have now been mulling this over. Russ says, Pete, I used to follow Cat Turd 2 and Jack Poso. Cat had the same penchant for middle school humor that I do. And Poso had really good conservative takes on international issues with a background in naval intelligence and fluency in Mandarin. I, too, speak oranges. Um, They and many influencer accounts have become unbearable as they twist themselves into pretzels attempting to support Trump and savage DeSantis. They went from best governor in America to picking at everything about the man and even his wife. Policies they championed were suddenly ridiculous just because DeSantis wasn't kissing the ring. Um, well, yeah, and that's what, that, that's what Bonchi talked about. Let me go back to that. I will get to this, uh, this, uh, tweet thread from Mr. Reality. That's the, the random guy on Twitter that has made a compelling argument for me to support Trump. Um, Bonchi says, I did not hide my preference for the Florida governor. I believe and still believe he's the best conservative politician in the country and that he could have done great things as president. With that said, 
When did it become clear that he was likely going to lose? The answer is around September. And there are specific reasons for that. Namely, that by the fall, people are paying attention. September came and the polls were still stagnating after a large climb by Trump following his indictments, with DeSantis settling somewhere between 15 to 20 percent. This was before Nikki Haley's surge as well, quote-unquote surge. At that point, the race had stagnated, and with more and more conservative voices deciding the indictments were their biggest issue, DeSantis faced a roadblock that no other politician ever had to face. The polling separation that occurred on March 27, 2023, the day Alvin Bragg dropped his laughable indictment of Trump in New York, is undeniable. People will talk about gaffes. They'll say DeSantis should have done this differently or that differently. But there was no greater factor in his primary loss than the indictments. Nothing else came close. Could DeSantis have honed his message more early on? Absolutely. Should he have entered the race earlier? Maybe immediately after winning re-election? I'd say that would have helped. But in the end, none of it would have mattered because Republican voters have agency. And they decided the indictments were their top issue. When you look at the sharp reverse in polling that occurred, it happened before DeSantis ever did any of the stuff that people claim cost him the race. Right? It was already decided at that point. Lastly, he says we need to talk about the laughable notion that DeSantis ruined his career by running against Trump. As I've been pointing out for months, despite $50 million being spent against him, DeSantis is still the most popular Republican in the party not named Donald Trump. Lo and behold, guess who is leading the first poll of the 2028 field for the GOP nomination by a sizable margin? 2028. That would be Ron DeSantis. I know they're already polling for 28. Isn't that nuts? <laughs> DeSantis took a shot in 24 because he truly believed he was the best man for the job. Uh, I think he made a compelling case to back that up, and that includes his vast record of accomplishments. It didn't work out this time, and that's fine. He's still the best governor in the country, and even the Republican politicians who were going after him a week ago are admitting that again. They didn't actually believe the attacks they were launching. Here's from Miss, this is the tweet storm by uh, Mr. Reality. I came across this argument the other day, um, and it's got me thinking. Uh, I'm not convinced, but it, I've been thinking about it, and I'll be mulling it over. I have time. So here's what Mr. Reality says Why I'm voting for Trump? Because Democrats took DeSantis 2024 from us, and for that, they must pay. He says, I don't like Trump, but I hate Biden and Democrats much more for what they did. Here's how they took it from us and why all DeSantis supporters should vote for Trump. Number one, Democrats rigged the last election. Trump's fraud claims are irrelevant to this conclusion. And the rigged election is why Trump isn't currently serving his second term. Right? I've made this argument for years, since 2020. Right? People talk about, oh, it's rigged, it's rigged. It was rigged, but not in the way that... Donald Trump and a lot of people in in uh, the MAGA orbit, uh, the way it's not for the reasons that they say, right? Democrats changed laws, did so in illegal ways. We know Democrats used their new laws to get votes that they never could have gotten without these law changes. We and they did it like in North Carolina, they did end runs around the legislature. And went to the courts to get their laws. And then they entered into collusive settlement agreements where 
Democrats on the, you know, like in North Carolina, Democrats on the Board of Elections and the Attorney General's office, they cut deals with these Democrat-aligned groups that sued. Never never bringing in the North Carolina legislature because the legislature is controlled by Republicans and they knew Republicans wouldn't go along with these uh, uh, voting law changes. He goes on to say, we know the FBI lied to big tech about Hunter Biden's laptop. We know the FBI knew they were lying. We know big tech suppressed the laptop story based on those FBI lies. And we know that at least 10% of Biden voters wouldn't have voted for him if they had seen the story. That is true. Right? That is true. I've talked about that before. Right? That the, the polling from uh, 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 of Democrats, had they been made aware of the Hunter Biden laptop story that was suppressed and censored by big tech and media... 10% of them would not have voted for Biden, they say. Now, m- maybe they were lying in the polling. I don't know, but that's all we can go by. Number two, if Trump was serving his second term right now, which he would have been had Democrats not rigged the last election, DeSantis would be running away with this primary because Trump would not be in it. Instead, DeSantis has dropped out because he saw no path to victory. Had Trump won four years ago, Biden wouldn't even be around. Democrats would be running somebody like Gavin Newsom, and we saw how DeSantis handled him. The general election of 24 would be DeSantis versus Newsom or similar, and DeSantis would crush that opponent. MAGA would never have split from DeSantis either, nor would Trump. DeSantis would have run on a platform of fulfilling Trump's promises that he couldn't get done in his term, the same platform he tried to run on this year. Trump would have happily endorsed DeSantis for 24. DeSantis would have had MAGA, DeSantis supporters, independents, and even some Democrats backing his candidacy. He would have won the 24 election, he would have been our next president, and he would have turned this country around. But Democrats stole that from us. They rigged the election and got Trump out. So Trump is running again, taking DeSantis's time away from him. And it's understandable. He should yield to DeSantis, but that's not Trump. This would not be happening if not for Biden and the Democrats. There's a couple more points here that I will get to that this uh, uh, anonymous guy on Twitter made that I find actually to be a pretty compelling argument to me. To me. Now, I'm not saying it has to be to you. I'm saying to me, this is pretty compelling. I have two, two last bits here uh, from this random guy on Twitter that I happened to come across yesterday. And and this is uh, part of my problem is like when people present arguments that I haven't heard before, I read them, I think about them. And so this is what I've been thinking about for the last, uh, I mean, not consistently. I did sleep and then I had some other stuff to do. And so it wasn't like a consistent thought process. But I have been kind of turning it over in my head, which is that Democrats are responsible for Ron DeSantis not being the nominee, right? So people focusing on Donald Trump as the the reason why, or the Trump voters as the reason why, it's actually, you got to go back four years ago, and it was Democrats, because they were the ones that rewrote election laws to allow for, you know, essentially ballot harvesting and relaxed rules on absentee balloting and all of that stuff. And North Carolina mentioned earlier with the collusive settlement uh, that like the legislature had to go back and write a law to stop Democrats from doing these sorts of things, these collusive settlements. 
to change law by finding a, a judge that's sympathetic to their uh, to their views. Judge shopping, finding leftist you know lawyers with a wardrobe change to to accept an agreement that actually uh, ignores the legislative co-defendants in cases. He says, it doesn't matter how much you hate Trump's supporters and surrogates. Some of them are truly vile, but they didn't cost DeSantis the presidency. Democrats did. Biden did. We know from Iowa that almost all of the people voting for Trump would have voted for DeSantis if Trump was still the president. Right. In other words, if he was the incumbent. Right. And now you're just holding an open caucus to see who's going to be the next Republican nominee after Trump. But instead, because of Biden and Democrats, and I would throw in media, we won't get DeSantis 2024. He says this election is about who you hate more, not who you love. <laughs> Which I'm like, ah, well, I could see that. Yeah. He says, I don't love Trump. I don't even like him. But Democrats stole DeSantis 2024 from us, and for that, I hate them much more. So I'm voting for Trump in 24, and I don't care whether MAGA wants my vote or not. I'm not going to back them. I don't want to. I just want Democrats to pay. So I will do what I can do to see that they do. Um, Aristotle said justice is giving each their due, and Democrats are due some serious payback. That is a that is a unique and novel uh, argument. I have not heard it before, and maybe it's just a massive rationalization, you know, or an excuse. I mean, rationalizations. Once again, to quote another Jeff Goldblum uh, line from a uh, from the documentary "The Big Chill," uh, you know, when he said rationalizations are more important than sex. Try to get through a day without a rationalization. Right? And, and maybe that's what people are going to have to do, sort of compartmentalize, uh, rationalize in your own head, justify it however uh, you need to, to say, okay, this isn't a vote for him, this is a vote to pay back Democrats for robbing me of the, the, the first candidate in a long time that I wanted to vote for. Because um, in 2016, um, I, I said this yesterday, I was a Rand Paul supporter. I like Rand Paul. I like his views on reigning in the executive powers. Uh, I like what he did in the fight against Fauci. He's still at it, by the way. Still at it. Um, I would prefer that kind of an executive. But I don't think I'm ever going to get it. I don't think America's ever going to get an executive that's like that. Um, Ted Cruz, he he was my second pick in 2016. This time around... The one that most aligned to my views of what an executive should do and one that was successful in fighting back, that was Ron DeSantis. And, and now I, I, don't, I don't have a chance to vote for him in a general election. So maybe, maybe I vote for Trump as a screw you to Democrats and media. But I repeat myself. Mm-hmm. 